We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. That's right, we're back. Uh, I'm Matt LaMarca, you can find me on Twitter, at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined by my co-host Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter, at MattJonesTFR. Uh, Matt's NFL work right now is currently airing on Rotoviz and over at Sharp Football. And of course, you can find his excellent PGA content on the Bogey Free podcast and, and at Rotoviz as well. He's done some really awesome stuff with ownership projections and modeling. Uh, really like top level stuff, Mr. Jones on the PGA side. Um, oh, geez. So now that I've given you that, kind. that intro, what's going on? <laughs> Not much, man. Excited that uh, that I'm watching some actual football right now, and uh, excited to get back with the show. We're we're gonna miss Amico this year, but uh, it, it's gonna be fun. You know, he couldn't find a helmet that he liked, and uh, he decided to hang it up. You he know, cursed it's his, out Mayock, and he walked choice. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we planned on doing some preseason shows, but uh, I will take the full blame on that. Uh, my schedule has been pretty crazy. I'm actually recording this from a conference room in Manhattan. So, you know, not to uh, sound too highbrow over here, but... Uh, name dropping. <laughs> dropping names. All right, before we get into the show, 
I want to remind you guys all about Rotoviz Patreon. Become a patron, gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today and join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash rotovizradio. All right, let's move on to the good stuff. Week one is here. Uh, the salaries have been out for a few weeks now. You know, we've all kind of just been eyeballing them. I've probably built about 700 different cash lineups that I keep <laughs> tinkering with. So we're going to do the same breakdown that we did last year. We're going to move through the slate position by position, highlighting guys that we're targeting uh, at each price range. And the good news is we don't have a Miko to slow us down this year. So... Uh, one change is instead of doing a three man contest, we're going to be playing a head to head this year. And, uh, I think what, what went wrong for me last year as I finished in dead last was that the stakes just weren't high enough. We weren't playing for anything but pride and respect. And I lost all of my pride and respect for myself years and years ago. I was going to say, those things are long gone for both of us. So <laughs> so we were really playing for nothing. Uh, so this year we decided we're going to play a head-to-head against each other each week, series of head-to-heads. And whoever finishes with the best record at the end of the regular season, uh, the other person will have to make a donation to a charity of the winner's choosing. So... Uh, Matt Jones will be playing for the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Wonderful cause. And I will be playing for the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse. Um, sadly, I feel like everybody at this point knows somebody in their lives that has been affected by addiction. So, uh, you know, something that is uh, kind of personal to me. I had an uncle that I lost to the, to uh, to alcoholism. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can have some fun, and then at the end of the season, put the money towards a good cause. But I am winning this year, just so you know. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Uh, Basically, Patrick Mahomes is going to be in his own tier every single time he's on the slate. He dominated last year, 50 touchdown passes, uh, over 5,000 yards. Are you interested in paying up for him in what could be a difficult matchup versus the Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, like he's Patrick Mahomes. Like it's he was he was a QB one in eighty one percent of his starts last year. Like he's <laughs> that is insane. I, I get that he, <laughs> I get that he had his worst uh, his worst outing against Jacksonville. He had a rushing touchdown that game. Um, there was a pick six the other way, so the defense got in on the action there. And I think Hunt had a had a rushing touchdown as well. So they still scored like 30 points that game. Um, so it's not like Jacksonville just, you know, that totally like totally shut him down or anything like he's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to get his. Um, I like quite a few Chiefs, which we'll we'll get into as the show goes on. But I am definitely not scared off of Patrick Mahomes um, in GPPs at all. Yeah, I mean, that's to me is the thing. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to really play him in cash this week. Um, even though you totally can, there's lots of value across the board. That's yep. one of the things that happens basically every year in week one. But you always have to have some interest in Mahomes for, for GPPs. Like, his ceiling is just demonstrably higher than basically everyone else on the slates. Um, yep. The one big concern here is 
you know some of the uh, the betting numbers. Jack, uh, Kansas City down to just a three and a half point favorite. Unsurprisingly, the public is on the Chiefs, but the sharp money appears to be coming in on Jacksonville. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if Jacksonville covered this number or won this game outright. But that doesn't mean Mahomes still can't have a good fantasy outing. So. I'm still definitely interested in him, especially if you, he might carry lower ownership than normal here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, he's he's not going to get out of control owned. Like, there's a couple cheaper guys that will at least be as owned as him. And like you said, like, if, if it's a close game, that's fine. Like, then they're just going to have to keep throwing it. They won't have to take the air out of the ball. So um, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with him. Yeah. Um, all right, Kyler Murray sort of moving down to the to the cheaper tier. He's uh, expected to be one of the highest-owned quarterbacks this week, just 5,600 on DraftKings. Obviously, tremendous talent entering the league, one of the most effect, uh, efficient passers in the history of college football, and he runs a 4.340. So, uh, you know, he has some durability concerns long, to- long term, but he's healthy right now. How do we feel about him at 5,600 on DraftKings against the Lions? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm kind of struggling with him this week. Like, I'm I'm very into Arizona in general, um, but I don't think that any like that's is kind of a cop out. Like, I don't think any result for Murray would surprise me this week if that yeah. makes sense. Like, I could see him being you know a top three quarterback this week, or he could be you know like. 18th or something like neither neither result would really shock me too too much um I'm definitely going to try and find some ways to stack him up with uh with some of his pass catchers for GPPs but uh as much as the the value is there he's I don't think he's going to be in my uh my cash lineup when all is said and done this week so I'm extremely bullish on Murray and the Cardinals this year um, if they don't go over the win total that they have of five, I'm basically going to be living in a cardboard board, uh, cardboard box outside your house, Jonesy, uh, just begging for change, you know, doing what I can to do to get by. But, uh, I think that this week, this matchup is about as bad as it gets. You know, Detroit yeah. is just so slowly paced. Um, last year they were one of the, best teams in the league in terms of, you know, defending of opposing quarterbacks from a fantasy fantasy perspective. And the big part of the reason why is just because they limit the number of plays in the game. So uh, I am off Murray uh, pretty much in all formats. Like it wouldn't shock me if he had a, if he had a huge game, because like I said, I love Kyler Murray and I love the concepts that Cliff Kingsbury is supposedly bringing to the NFL. But that being said, right. I think there are better guys, you know, like comparable guys, at least. Uh, in much better spots that should command less ownership. So to me, Murray Murray seems like a fade in week one, and I'm honestly hoping he disappoints because then I'll be right on him in week two. Yeah, exactly. If if he has a dud after that after the preseason, like people already have some doubts creeping in, like he's going to be you know five percent owned in week two, and then we can jump all over him. All right, talk to me about some other quarterbacks you're considering for cash games. Um, I really like Carson Wentz. Uh, he's in the games that he's actually played, which has obviously been an issue for him, um, you know, across like a longer horizon here. But he's been a QB one in 62 percent of his games. 
Um, and there's only been one week during that stretch that he has failed to throw a passing touchdown. So he he seems like a guy who is, um, you know, has a has a very safe floor. Um, he arguably has his best weapons uh, around him that he's ever had in his career right now. So I don't even think he's that's a guy even arguable. Yeah, I was I was just trying to be nice to like some of the old guys, you know. <laughs> um, but for for fifty seven hundred and um, like playing Washington, like come on, it's it's a smash spot. Like that's, I feel like that's a pretty a pretty simple decision for me. I I don't see myself getting off of him for cash. Uh, totally agree with you. Uh, I'm all in on Carson Wentz this week for cash games. I'm honestly surprised he's not like the chalk. To be honest, like he yeah. checks all the boxes 100%. that we like at quarterback, you know, like implied team total of 27 and a half. That's tied with Kansas City for the best on the slate playing at home. Big favorite. Um, and Wentz personally, when he meets those criteria, has dominated from a fantasy perspective. So I love right. the weapons, you know, like I think that we're going to see uh, a really big year from Wentz as long as he stays healthy. And uh, I think that this game, at least on the Philly side, is a really appealing stack team. Yep. Uh, all right, let's let's pivot to GPPs. Who are some uh, some interesting guys that you're looking at here? Um, as as far as GPPs go in general, I you know I feel like I kind of base my quarterbacks off of you know the the skill players that I want to stack with. Um, but the the one that really jumps out to me this week is uh, Goff. Um, you love golf. getting cup. I love golf so much. Um, <laughs> he's, it's just every single week. This is, this is going to happen. So, um, I, I think that it's a, some people are talking about it, but I think it's an underrated, um, thing for him getting cut back. Like he averages 1.3 more yard attempt cup and up, which is not an insignificant amount. Um, so he's, he's a guy that I'm, heavily targeting. We'll talk about the receivers um, and how I'm thinking about stacking them up uh, in a couple of segments here. But Goff is a guy that I'm definitely going to have exposure to. Um, and I don't think he's going to be I don't think he's going to be super popular. So I, I think that's pretty good leverage. Um, and then you can you can do a bunch of different things in that kind of a lineup. Yeah, I mean, not a great matchup against the Panthers, but certainly like I'm never going to talk you out of trying to play the Rams offense. Like they're, they're a target every week, especially when they're projected for low ownership. Um, two guys that they're probably a little more on the radar than Goff is, but I love Jimmy, Jimmy G this week against Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay is just going to be in a million shootouts this year. I mean, they were in a million (laughs) shootouts last year, so I don't really see much changing except that their offense might be better this year. And if their offense obviously can score more points, their defense is still going to give them up. So we could be looking at a lot of, you know, like games where both of these teams are scoring 30 plus points. Um, I think Tampa Bay is sort of like the obvious side to stack in that game. So I like the 49ers. I mean, Jimmy G did not look particularly good in the preseason. I think that's going to scare some people off. But basically every time we've seen this dude on an NFL field, he's balled out. Like he, he struggled the week one last year. But other than that, He's been awesome as a member of the 49ers. So uh, I like the idea of targeting him at 5,800. And then one other guy is Kirk Cousins. You know, similar situation. Uh, I'm I'm definitely terrified about 
the way that they're looking to play this year in terms of play calling. They were one of the most run-heavy teams in the league uh, when their new offensive coordinator took over in Week 15 of last season, but they're still playing the Falcons, who were a disaster defensively last year, and who are still a team that can put up, you know, 35-plus on you. And if Atlanta is scoring on Minnesota, the Vikings are going to have to throw. Like, that can dictate the pace of the game. So I think that uh, Minnesota, for sure, is going to be a bit overlooked here, at least on the passing side. You know, we'll talk about uh, Mm -hmm. the running side in a bit. But I think that Cousins is an interesting pivot. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think, like, barring... something crazy like that that's the kind of game environment that you want and like you said like the they're not gonna have a choice to to just completely go run heavy you know and fire their oc for passing too much like just complete donkeys um (laughs) but yeah it's that that's the kind of situation that we want like a back and forth game pretty high total what are they at like 50 right now or 48 um so yeah i i completely i can completely get on board with that all right let's go to the running back position uh the big three up top this week we've got zeke elliott who is uh you know officially signed to a a massive contract we've got saquon barkley and we've got christian mccaffrey uh alvin kamara is someone that would normally be in this tier but he's playing on monday night this week so out of those three guys Who's your favorite this week? And do you feel like you need to have one of these guys in your lineup, like particularly your cash game lineup? Um, I, I do think there's enough value that you can pretty easily get to one of these guys. Like you you mentioned it for uh, when we were talking about Mahomes, but like you definitely don't need to do that. But you could definitely fit one of these guys in a, in a cash lineup pretty simply. Um, as far as as far as GPPs go, I think that like for very obvious reasons, like Zeke is going to give you the most leverage. I don't know. Like they're not going to say anything that's going to actually be useful to let you know, like what his usage might be. Um, But this might be the lowest own that you could ever get Zeke this year, even though he's, you know, 9,200. So like if that's, if you're telling me that he's going to have like a quarter of the ownership or, you know, at least less than half of the ownership of these other two guys, then just sign me up. And, you know, if it, this is one of those situations where it's like, if that beats me, like you're, you're doing this in GPPs, you're swinging for the fences and you just hope that they, you know, give them, give them the goal line work and everything else. And he can pound in a touchdown. Cause like they're Dallas is just going to walk all over the giants. So it's like, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that they're going to score. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if not for this holdout thing, like Zeke would be the massive chalk this week. You know, like, he's a touchdown plus favorite playing the Giants at home. Like, you wouldn't even think twice about locking him into your cash lineup. But because we're unsure of the workload, uh, you know, Fantasy Labs right now has him projected for 5 to 8% ownership. So uh, I I agree. I think that amongst that trio, he's going to give you easily the most leverage on the field. And his ceiling is probably not tremendously lower than those other two guys. Like... He could still rip off a hundred plus yards and two touchdowns, even if he only gets ten carries. So I like that call. I think that's sharp for cash games. Uh, I don't think you need to have one of these guys. Like I definitely think there are a lot of strong plays in that mid range tier, which we'll talk about in a second. But 
my biggest problem is if you don't pay for one of those guys, then what are you going to do with your money? Because it doesn't seem like a slate <laughs> where you want to pay up at wide receiver. There's there are a lot right. of good QB plays in that you know fifty five to fifty eight hundred dollar range. So like, if you're not spending up for one of these guys, I don't know what you're gonna do. So uh, I'm locking in McCaffrey. I think in my cash game, you're just teams. gonna lose me on the table. <laughs> he, th- <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm playing like a an old fantasy aces team where you used to get points for uh, leaving money on the table. <laughs> Um, I think McCaffrey's the way to go out of this trio for cash games. Just the best, the best game script potentially. Like the Giants, I know the Giants are going to be underdogs a lot this year, and that Barkley is kind of game script proof. But Dallas, uh, particularly good against the run last year, and I don't see him making a huge impact on the ground. Uh, maybe he does a lot of damage through the air, but. I would just much rather go with McCaffrey, who like we know yep. is just like a safe twenty plus every single week. Hundred percent. All right, let's go to that mid tier I was talking about. Uh, five guys that I think all have their merits, all stand out as really strong plays. Nick Chubb is the most expensive. He's sixty four hundred on DraftKings. Leonard Fournette is sixty one hundred. Dalvin Cook six K. Carryon Johnson fifty eight hundred. And Chris Carson, 5,700. So, again, I don't think you can go wrong playing any of these guys. I want exposure to all five of them in GPPs. But which of these backs is your favorite here? Yeah, this is it, – it's definitely tough um, sort of parsing between all these guys. But um, for me, like I was looking at the um, the Gillespie app on Rotoviz, you know, the, the similarity projections. Mm-hmm. And – Fournette had like by far the best, um, you know, the best projection. 22% of his comps had over 25 PPR points. Um, and, uh, you know, what what we've heard from the coaching staff down in Jacksonville has kind of gone along with that. Like he's he's there. He's healthy. Like you don't really I don't know what's going to happen by week eight because he's kind of a knucklehead sometimes. But um like they're going to use him a ton. Like there's no doubt about that. So I think, I think Fournette is the guy who I'm going to try to get uh, the most exposure to. And 6,100 is, you know, super reasonable. Um, but you know, like, like you said, there's definitely a case to be made for all five of these guys. What are, what are you thinking in this range? Yeah. I mean, I love Fournette this year. He was like a priority draft target for me. If he really is going to get involved in the, in the passing game, he has the upside to join, you know, that top tier of running backs. Yep. Um, people forget, I think, how good this guy can be on the ground because he was hurt so much last year. But yep. uh, it's a great matchup, too. I mean, you look at Kansas City, just horrific against run running uh, backs last year, like historically yep. bad in terms of rush defense. <laughs> it didn't matter because they were winning every game by, like, 14-plus points, but... Uh, if the Jags can keep this game close and the spread suggests that they can, Fournette could be in for a huge game. So I love that call, but I think he's more of a GPP type of play for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going with Chris Carson as my favorite here. He's the cheapest, and again, he fits those things that we love for running backs, playing at home for a really big favorite. Uh, and historically, Carson, uh, 17.7 FanDuel points per game, plus 7.06, plus minus, 
and a 100% consistency rating in five starts as a favorite at CenturyLink Field. So That's pretty good. Yeah, it's just one of those situations <laughs> where I love the floor that he gives you, um, but I totally like the, the ceiling on him is nowhere near as high as the ceiling as a guy like Fournette. Like, Carson is limited in the passing game. I know that they're talking up his passing, uh, pass-catching abilities too, but he's someone that I need to see it if I'm going to believe it. Right. Like, <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, you know, again, it's like 100 yards and two touchdowns within his range of outcomes, 100%. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, and then, you know, shout out to, to all these dudes. Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook are popping as two of the, the highest rated guys in the uh, the Fantasy Labs models right now. I mean, again, Cook taking on an Atlanta team that was like elite level bad against running backs last year, particularly in the passing game. Their defensive scheme funnels a lot of targets to the running back. So Cook could be in for a big workload. And uh, I love me some Nick Chubb, too. I mean, he was the number two running back in the league, according to Pro Football Focus last year. And he has essentially lost all competition for touches in that backfield. Like, you know, Kareem Hunt suspended, Duke Johnson gone. So unless you're a big believer in uh, Damon Damian Hillard, uh, I just don't see a situation where Chubb doesn't command, like, an 80-plus percent uh, market share in another good spot against Tennessee, you know, home favorite of, I think, six or five and a half at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir here. I wrote up uh, I wrote up Chubb as the 105 uh, for PPR on Rotoviz this year. So wow, awesome. I'm, uh, I'm fully in on Chubb as well. Definitely going to have some exposure to him. All right. I think that the idea of paying way down at running back this week is going to sort of fly under the radar. Like, we've been talking about the amount of value on the slate, and I just don't think most people are going to scroll much further past than a guy like Chris Carson. But two guys that stood out to me, Matt Breida, 4K, in that, you know, elite game environment against Tampa Bay, and then Miles Sanders, 3,900. Um, Sanders, obviously a bit of an unknown as a rookie, but all reports are that the dude is a stud. And again, like another team that is a huge favorite playing at home. So, uh, what are you doing with these two guys? Yeah. I mean, the, the situation obviously is excellent for both of them. Like you said, I, I think that there's a a very legitimate chance, um, you know, similar to like we said with Zeke, like this might be the the cheapest and or lowest owned that we can possibly get both of these guys yes. this year like I'm I'm fully in on Brita I have I have way too much exposure in best ball to Brita so I'm hoping <laughs> that uh that this actually works out for once uh, Sanders makes me a little bit more nervous just because we really we truly don't know what that split looks like um but that's kind of the chance you have to take in a GPP and 3,900 isn't going to kill you even if he's kind of limited. So I I think that I think they're both um, like firmly in the GPP argument, but I, I wouldn't touch either of them in cash. Like you, I don't, I don't think you have to do that um, this week at all. For sure. Yeah. These are more GPP plays, but like I said, I think that this sort of roster build where you go with one of these cheap running backs, I think that's going to be, overlooked this week so if you did want to stack up a team like kansas city these guys could potentially be the way to get you there so right i I think like you said both intriguing and 
I think Miles Sanders is a guy that by the end of the year we could be talking, you know, six to seven K plus. So uh, I'm definitely interested in buying in on him while he's this cheap while I can. Yep. All right. Any other guys that you're sort of considering here for GPPs? I mean, like if we're if we're talking cheapos, like are you are you in on any of these Tampa Bay guys? Like what Ugh. what are we doing with that situation? Because that's like the ultimate. You know, there's uh, there, there's usage to be had there, but like, what the hell are they going to do with it? Is kind of the question. Yeah. But like, I think that there, I think there's a fair amount of GPP leverage. Um, I you mean, know, playing you those a, guys. Do you have a favorite of the group? Because that's my problem. Is I I couldn't even tell you which one I'd want to play. I mean, Agunbowale is literally the minimum, and you right. like that he's you know projected to be the passing down back. Um, on a PPR site like DraftKings, but I just don't know if I can do it. Like, I just don't know if any of those guys has the upside that I'm looking for. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely fair. It's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. Would it would be if like Peyton Barber just kind of like paid off, like fell into the end zone a couple times? If you know the the passing game is getting them down close, I don't know. I, like, it's definitely not something that um. Uh, considering like heavy ownership with, but I do think that having like one share of them isn't like the worst thing in the world. All right. I'm going to throw a couple options at you and you tell me what you think. So right. we talked about Brita. What do you think about yep. Tevin Coleman in that matchup? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like all the things that you want to like about Brita would have to apply to Coleman, like the, the general situation, like he's going to be pretty low owned. I just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time shifting off of my like season long best ball and like no, I, I shares of Brita. But I mean, I don't really think you could make a strong argument against Coleman if you're going to make a strong argument for Brita, basically. Yeah, I mean the the like you said, like all off season, I've been getting Brita in you know the the later rounds and passing on Coleman early, but I think that that's going to drive some of the ownership towards Breida. So uh, I might be inclined to to target him. Um, One guy that I think is going to have like no ownership that I, that I think has nice upside is uh, Devante Freeman. You know, now with Tevin Coleman gone, I, I get that they still have, you know, like a bunch of backs that all played okay during the preseason. But if Freeman stays healthy, he has a chance to command a larger share of the touches than he's had in the past couple of years. And when we saw him get that, you know, elite number one workload, he was literally like the top back in fantasy. So I think that he's intriguing at his current price tag. And the one guy that I really don't know what to make of is Darius Geis. So it's an awful game script for him, but he is 4,400 and, some people just really seem to love his talent. You know, like, I don't know if I necessarily buy it, especially on DK, where he doesn't figure to catch a ton of passes. But yeah. just a name that I'm that I'm that I'm kind of throwing out there as a cheap guy, like, maybe he's just really good. Yeah, no, I, I think he's definitely really good. And now they're talking about him, like, AP might be a healthy scratch, like, they're they're very clearly committed to this kid. Um, obviously, Chris Thompson is going to come in um, and and take a, a decent amount of targets, but we we don't really know how he's how Geis is going to be used. And 
for that price, like I could see, I could see having one lineup with him just in case. Like, I don't know. What, what are they implied for? Like seven, 17 points, 18, 17 points. Yeah. yeah. So you figure, I don't know. It, it's, they don't have a ton of talent elsewhere. Like what if he just scores those two touchdowns that they're going to get? You know what I mean? Like it's not unreasonable to think that way for that price at literally no ownership. Like, sure. Yeah. Projected for zero to 1% ownership right now. Yeah. So. Like that's, that's absurd. Like he's, he's a talented dude and he's going to see volume. So I, I think that that makes sense. All right. You talked me into it. I'm in now officially. <laughs> Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. All right, it's a new season. Uh, Antonio Brown is on the Raiders, at least at the time of recording. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on college fo- uh, college and pro football every weekend. Uh, my bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week, to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie also has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Uh, sign up right now and you can literally double your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, when creating your account to claim the bonus. Uh, MyBookie.ag, you bet, you win, and you get paid. All right, Jonesy, wide receivers. Uh, we've mentioned it, but not exactly a loaded wide receiver slate. Uh, only one player has a salary above 8K on DraftKings. That's Odell at 8,100. And then you've got a couple more guys, you know, in that high 7K type range. So how are you approaching these expensive wide receivers? It doesn't seem like any of them is going to be particularly chalky for cash games, but just because there's so much value, I could see some of these guys being popular in GPPs. Yeah, I mean, 
the the news coming out of Cleveland right now about Odell is like genuinely concerning. The the hip thing, he's saying how he hasn't been able to sprint yet. Like that's you know we we got a couple of days here until the season starts. That's not exactly like what you want to be hearing from your the most expensive guy on the slate uh, as far as wide receivers go. So I'm like. I, I was of the mindset that like Odell is just going to put on a complete show. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of souring on that idea now. Um, the, the guy that I'm really like most interested in, uh, like over seven K is Tyreek Hill. Um, I know that the, the matchup is not uh, like a plus matchup, but he's just Tyreek Hill is matchup proof, right? Like until and there can... are defensive backs that can run a four one. Tyreek Hill is matchup proof. <laughs> right. And I don't know that everybody sort of feels that way. Like they, you see Jacksonville and you see whatever the little red number is next to, uh, you know, the opponent. Like, uh, all right, screw that. Like, that's that's too tough. But, you know, Hermsmeyer taught us that defenses don't matter. So I'm going to believe that's him. Right. And and uh, he's he's just like. What does Hill need to do? Like he he could get there on two catches. You know what I mean? Like it's just absurd um, what what he's capable of. Uh, I wrote sort of like a, a game stack of the Chiefs up for the uh, my sharp piece that's coming out tomorrow. So um, definitely in on on Hill there. And I don't know. Like do you? I, I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna play Keenan Allen, but like I, I could see myself going pretty heavy on Mike Evans. That makes uh, that just game in general, like we talked about already, just seems like it's ripe for a shootout. And like Mike Evans can do quite a bit of damage. Like he, a 35, 40 point game is in his range of outcomes. So like, why wouldn't you pay 7,900 for that with all this other value on the slate? You know. Yeah, I, I agree. I like both of those guys. I think I prefer Evans to Hill, but certainly both of them, uh, in terms of their ceilings, are, are way up there. Uh, the Odell news is concerning. The Julio news is even more concerning. Um, you know, like, he's like, ah, I don't know. Maybe I'll play. Maybe I won't. Give me a contract, which, again, I respect NFL players trying to get paid while they can because your career can literally end in a second, but... Uh, at the same time, it's uh, it's not the most reassuring thing to hear as a DFS player. So, yep, I'll be avoiding this tier in my cash game lineups. I think that there are enough, uh, you know, strong plays down the board that uh, I don't need to go there. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know Mike Evans and Tyreek are probably my my two favorite for GPP. All right, three options that stand out as potential chalk in sort of that next tier down. You've got Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, and Tyler Lockett. They are all projected for greater than 20% ownership on DraftKings. Um, do you like any of these guys? And do you see anybody else in this range that you think people are sleeping on? Yeah, I mean, like Thielen makes a, a good bit of sense, especially like I guess Diggs was a full participant today in practice. So I, I get, I'm hoping that's not like a thing that lingers and he's sitting out practices here and there because he's done um, pretty horrendously when he's had, you know, injury designations coming into a game uh, historically. But like all three of those guys make a ton of sense. I, I like all of them as talents, but I don't think that 
I'm going to be willing to eat that chalk in GPPs when you consider the other guys in this range. Like all the other, all the Rams wide receivers, I am firmly in on. Um, like Tyler Boyd's at 5,800. There's no AJ Green there. Like that, that seems like who the hell else is, is Dalton going to throw to in that game? Like, I don't know, like Eifert's going to get three targets and his elbow's going to fall off or something. Like <laughs> what, like what is what's going to happen? Like, it's going to be the Tyler Boyd show. Um, so I, I feel like I don't, I don't need to go there in GPPs. I'll probably, um, I'm leaning towards Godwin. If I'm going to pick any of those three in cash, um, Again, just because of that game environment, I think is going to be very conducive to high scoring. But um, yeah, I, I think there's a ton of ways that you can go in this range. And I don't think in GPPs, I, I think I'm just going to do, you know, the game theory thing and and fade that ownership. Yeah, I mean, Godwin for me is a hard fade in GPPs. Like I get all the love for him, right? But he's still a number two receiver. So yep. uh if I am going to eat the chalk, I'd rather eat it with Tyler Lockett, who, like, is the only pass catcher with a pulse in Seattle right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess DK Metcalf is saying that he's good to go, but we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen DK Metcalf do anything except, you know, show up at the draft combine with his shirt off. That's literally all we've seen the dude do. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I'm with you 100%. I think that Boyd fits a lot of the same criteria that Lockett does, right? Like he's a, a number one receiver on his team for uh, a team that doesn't have a lot of options around him. And yet people are not going to play Tyler Boyd. Uh, obviously it's not as good of a matchup, you know, Cincinnati has a much lower implied team total than Seattle, but there's also this narrative out there that Tyler Boyd can't play well without AJ green in the lineup, which I think is just absolute trash. Like, uh, yeah, it's ludicrous. We're talking about a four-game sample size or whatever, and uh, I will take extra targets. You know, give me yep. extra targets over, oh, the guy on the opposite side of the field is going to attract attention from, away from him. Just ridiculous. So Yeah, and in those in those splits with with Boyd, there was also, like, at least a uh, Driscoll game. Like, it wasn't all with Dalton either, which, you know, right. it's... Jeff Driscoll like the <laughs> hell are you gonna do with Jeff Driscoll <laughs> so yeah I mean I think that Boyd for sure is being overlooked in this range I honestly might play Boyd in cash and I don't think that that's that crazy no I don't think that's crazy at all and I think that that gives you a pretty significant advantage um just in general like he it wouldn't shock me if he saw like nine ten targets especially if they if they're falling behind like what again like what else are they gonna do they're gonna have to they're gonna have to force feed them they, they don't have a choice at that point all right let's move down to the lower end uh personally i'm finding it hard to build lineups without dd westbrook at 4800 um i think that he's going to be a target monster this year in jacksonville i mean nick Foles threw 11 passes during the preseason seven of them went to Westbrook. Um, I think that we're going to see a, just a ton of targets for him. And it's a great game script potentially against Kansas City. So he's the one guy in this low tier that I'm looking at. Uh, anybody else really that you're considering uh, as like a value play here? 
Yeah, it's funny. Like literally, as I was coming down to record the show, one of my uh, one of the guys in my league asked me if I wanted to move Westbrook like before the season start. I'm like, no, I don't want to move Westbrook because he's going to smash this year in general, and this week is a super good spot too. Um, I think that I speak for most people when I say that Curtis Samuel at 4200 is probably a little on the cheap side. Yep. Um, he's going to see a fair bit of targets. Um, they they just want to get their, you know, they just want to get the ball in his hands. He's going to probably see a rush or two in, uh, in addition to the targets that he sees. Um, so 4,200, I think is a ludicrous price for him. Um, I guess pricing came out before like the hype train got on the tracks, but if you just look at it, like, you know, they're Samuel versus Moore's ADPs at, you know, as the season started compared to their price on DK for week one is just completely insane. So, um, Samuel's definitely in play. I, I think that, I really think that I'm insane, but like I just always have this urge to play Marquise Goodwin. Um, I, I'm not I'm not a Pettis guy. I think that Goodwin has like a legit shot to um, like be a GPP winner this week. He's really not going to be owned. Um, That's for certain. I, oh, maybe he'll be like five percent owned. I had to guess right now, but. Um, at 4K, like he could, he could do that with a catch. Like he's, he's like a, like baby Tyreek Hill. So, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly throw in Goodwin into a lineup or two, maybe with your boy, uh, with your boy Jimmy G there, uh, for some, for some stack goodness. But oh yeah, um, throw in George Kittle and it's a party. There you go. Uh, I think if I'm looking in this range for a cash game option. Obviously, Westbrook is my preferred choice, but if I want to go down and double dip in this range, Jamison Crowd at 4,100. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to catch a lot of balls this season for the Jets. And if you're looking for someone with a little bit more upside, Marvin Jones at 4,800. We talk about these guys all the time that are priced, you know, like exactly the same as somebody who should be much more popular. Like, who is going to pay 4800 for Marvin Jones this week when they can pay 4800 for D.D. Westbrook. Right. That's um, fair. Yeah, and then one other guy, Sterling Shepard, uh, could see a tremendous amount of targets for the Giants this week. I, the hype has sort of yeah. been building steadily on Evan Ingram, but even if Evan Ingram gets, like, double-digit targets, that still leaves, you know, the potential for double-digit targets for Sterling Shepard. So... I think those guys are all interesting, uh, you know, like GPP flyers in that low range. Mm -hmm. All right. Anybody else you want to mention before we move on to tight ends? Um, I'm just, again, like one of these, like I just can't get, I can't wrap my head around not having John Brown in a GPP lineup. Smoke A. Um, Like it's just a the classic, like who is it, Al Zeidenfeld that always says like the puzzle piece kind of thing, right? Like what fit? Like. Allen throws the ball really far. John Brown runs really far and catches the ball. So, like, that just seems like a thing that should probably work. And 4,300, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that that makes a fair bit of sense. Like, I still, I want Zay Jones to be a thing, but, like, apparently everybody in Buffalo just, like, completely hates the dude. So, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I think that 
you should definitely have a lineup with John Brown in it because he's as he's as good a bet as anybody to have a long touchdown on Sunday. Yeah, I really haven't thought about him, but I like that call a lot. Like, you're so right. He fits so perfectly with what Josh Allen uh, likes to do and is actually good at, which is just chucking the thing up there. (laughs) And the Jets secondary last year, not great. Uh, They lost plenty of guys behind them. So, yeah, I could definitely see John Brown getting loose for a touchdown or two in this game. Um. What do you think about Miles Boykin at the absolute minimum? Like, is that too thin? You're you're speaking my language now. <laughs> I, I love speaking of guys who I have way too much of in best ball. It's like every time the 18th round came around, I was like, Miles Boykin is still there, huh? Sounds <laughs> sounds pretty good to me. Um, yeah, no, I I think that that makes sense. Like, again, it's like 3K. Like, what what does he really need to do? And who else is Lamar Jackson throwing to? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, there there has to be, if they're going to, you know, beat the Dolphins by a touchdown or whatever it is and score 22 points, he's going to have to, Jackson's going to have to throw a couple of touchdowns, right? So I, I think that Boykin makes as good a sense as anybody to uh, be the recipient of at least one of those touchdowns and maybe a long catch here and there. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious target, or at least the guy who's been getting hyped up the most, is Mark Andrews, but uh, there's nobody I'd rather roster on on Baltimore than, than Boykin at the receiver position. That's for damn sure. Yeah. All right, let's go to the tight end spot. Actually, before we do that, let's talk about the Listener League. We're bringing it back. Uh, we, You guys did a pretty good job filling it up last year, but uh, we're going to take it easy on week one. $3 entry. 35 spots available on DraftKings. Uh, We're only going to pay out the top two places so you can make a decent bit of cash. And obviously, most importantly, as usual, me and Jones will be paying the rake for you. Not literally, but with our entries that uh, I think I cashed once last year. (laughs) It was bad. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I might have been in a similar boat and it's already half full. So I posted it already. So make sure if you're listening to this. Uh, check out one of our Twitters and we'll, uh, we'll post the link. Awesome. All right. Tight ends, uh, big three, all available here. Kelsey is the most expensive at 7,200. Earth is the cheapest at 6,100 and Kittle is sort of in between the two of them. Uh, how do you feel about paying up at a tight end for cash games? I mean, we've said there's a lot of value. I think one of the ways you can spend your cap is by going with, a big time tight end, but outside of uh, of Kittle, I don't feel like it's a great spot for any of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm as my cash lineup right now. I I figured out a way to get Kittle and McCaffrey in there, and I think I'm probably going to end up sticking with that. Um, Sixty six hundred puts him. You know, you you talk about the wide receivers puts him at the same price as T Y Hilton. And some of these like, you know, sort of middle tier guys that we were talking about liking before. But I don't really see a scenario where they out target Kittle. So it seems like that would just make a lot of sense to me. Tampa Bay let up the most tight end one games of any defense last year. Um, clearly, that stuff changes over time and and we shouldn't completely bank on that. But it's definitely something to consider yeah i mean um, not not much figures to change in tampa bay this year 
Right. Like they they didn't make like splashy free agent defensive moves and they're not going to be like they're not going to be the 85 Bears. So like I think we're we're probably safe in that um, assumption. So I I think Kittle is probably going to end up in my cash lineup. Um, Obviously, GPP exposure to the other two makes sense as well. But I, I think that Kittle's my favorite of the three this week. Here's the problem for me at tight end. I mean, I, I think it's a great spot for Kittle. You can certainly play pay off for him. I just think that Hunter Henry at 3,900 is just stupid cheap. <laughs> like, all we've ever seen the guy do when he's on the field is dominate. Right. And they're playing at home as a big favorite. All the things I keep talking about. Uh, he's 3,900 on DraftKings. Like, that has so to be a, a misclick. So is it a two tight end week then? No, I can't get behind that with all the good running back plays that there are. But that's why I'm fine with avoiding the top tier of tight end. If I could play Kittle at wide receiver, I would do it. <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't think the DraftKings has reached the point where I'm allowed to do that yet. I don't know. I I don't know, man. Maybe in maybe in GPPs that that could make a little bit of sense though. Putting Henry and Kittle. Yeah, I mean Henry is really the only guy I would advise doing it with. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely not like, you know, I'm not going to say like you should be pounding in like a zoomer, like (laughs) somebody like that. But right. You want um, guys with the upside. I mean, you could do the two stud tight end approach, too. That would be an interesting GPP build. But um, yeah, yeah. Like, I think if you are using tight ends, you want them both to be guys who can score, you know, 20 plus. And I think that Henry checks that box, even though he's so cheap. Yeah, like he's the same price as Paul Richardson. Like, give me a break. <laughs> right. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna flex a thirty nine hundred wide receiver, you may as well just play Hunter Henry. <laughs> um, let's talk about this middle tier because I think that guys like OJ Howard and Evan Ingram could be a little bit overlooked here. Like, I think that people are either going to you know go up and get a guy like George Kittle, or they're going to go down and get a guy like. Hunter Henry. So that leaves this like 5K, 4,800 type tight ends uh, sort of in no man's land. And I think that you can make a pretty strong case for both of those guys this week. Yeah, you definitely can. Like we've seen, you know, all all offseason, we've seen, uh, you know, the yards per route run and everything else for OJ Howard, which is just like stupid efficiency, like super athletic guy um, that can pretty much take any of his targets uh, to the end zone. And we've seen Ingram has seen this like constantly when one of the guys is out, Eli just goes and goes and goes to Ingram. Um, I don't think that this week will be any exception like Golden Tate's out on suspension. It's Shepard and Ingram there's there's and obviously Barkley too but Barkley isn't going to have the same uh you know a dot or he's not going to occupy the same part of the field that Ingram's going to do so um I think that they I think they both make sense in GPPs I think it'd be silly not to have exposure to them um if I really feel like I need to jam in some higher price running backs then I might slip down to Ingram for cash even um, but I, I don't, I don't think that's probably going to be my build. Yeah. I th- I think it makes sense in cash games, like to go with either the high or the low tier, but I do think those guys in GPPs are, are going to be under owned. Um, two other tight ends, cheap guys that I'm looking at in GPPs, Austin Hooper, 
um, who quietly had like a bigger year than you realized last year. Well, not you, Jones. I know that you know everything. You're a super stud. (laughs) But well, you you know, Hooper's my dude. So come on. (laughs) The only thing he didn't do last year was score touchdowns, which is ironic because he plays with Julio Jones, who that's been the knock on his for, you know, his whole career. So maybe Hooper, Hooper is another Julio or maybe it's just short variance. So I'm willing to bank that it's uh, the latter. Uh, I like him at 3,200. And then Mark Andrews, who I mentioned earlier, 3K is like dirt cheap for a tight end. And if he yeah. really is going to be Lamar Jackson's, you know, primary target this year, that could be a valuable role for him. Um, even if he doesn't play a ton of snaps, like if he's just on the field as a receiver, basically playing the tight end position, that that really doesn't scare me away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tight end's generally a dumpster fire. Hooper had six tight end one uh, games last year, um, so I I can definitely get on board with that. Um, <clears throat> another, like, just, you know, one of, my, one of my dudes that's just completely off the wall, like, I could see playing some Jack Doyle for 3,400. <laughs> like, Brissette loved him, um, you know, when he took over for Luck a couple of years ago. <clears throat> he averaged seven targets uh, per game during Brissett's tenure a couple a couple years ago. So he's a guy who, again, not like not cash consideration, not heavy exposure, but definitely a guy who's worth uh, a GPP flyer if you're trying to go cheap at tight end. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm in a seasonal league that I'm doing with one of my buddies, and we missed out on like all the good tight ends. So we ended up drafting uh, Chris Herndon, who I actually think is going to have a great year, but he's obviously yeah. suspended for the beginning of it. So he talked me into Jack Doyle because he's, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett's favorite target. So I could buy, I yep. could buy it for sure. I mean, thirty four hundred is not cheap or is not expensive. So I could definitely get behind that. Yep. All right, really quick defense breakdown. Just give me a, a team or two that you're that you're considering here this week. Yeah, I mean, I I typically lean towards the cheaper defenses um, yep. that have like a have a decent shot at uh, some sacks, and you just kind of hope for the best after that. So, the Chargers at three K, even though I just said that Brissett's gonna whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> he, like he's he's gonna probably take some sacks, um, could maybe make a mistake or two here oh, and yeah. there. Like he just. He just found out that he's start like the poor guy. He, you know, he was traded two days before the season a couple years ago and started 15 games. And now, you know, the 29 year old best QB prospect in the history of the NFL just retires out of the blue. So um, he might be a little shell shocked there. Um, the other one that I think like maybe we they could get after the quarterback a little bit is the Lions at 2900. Um, again, like I, I do believe in the Cardinals, but they definitely have uh, a front that can get after the quarterback and typically mobile quarterbacks can tend to take a couple, uh, extra sacks here and there. So that's, uh, those are the two that kind of jumped out to me on the, on the cheap end. Yeah. And that Cardinals offensive line is putrid. So just brutal. Yeah. Like I could find four of my friends and me and could probably (laughs) do the same job. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to be one of them because I'm tipping the scales <laughs> at a little heavier than I'd like to be these days. I think I could give you some beef up front, Jones. Um, 
I, I'm considering, uh, you know, two a few teams that are popping here are Carolina and Miami. Um, just dirt cheap, I guess, is the reason why. I mean, not a, <laughs> the, the teams that they're playing aren't implied for like a t- tremendous amount of points. Uh, and then my favorite might be San Francisco at 2,200. We expect that that game to be high scoring, but points allowed does not kill you on defense. What you want is you want turnovers, and if you want to win a GPP, you want touchdowns. And no one is more generous with sharing the ball with the other team than Jameis Winston. (laughs) So Yeah, I think that that's fair. Yeah, if you're paying down, I think all three of those teams make some sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last thoughts here, Mr. Jones, before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, no, just, uh, just don't be scared of Carolina and play some Rams. That's all I'm going to say. All right. You heard it. Play the Rams. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of On the Daily. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And remember to check out our listener league, which is almost half full already. Uh, for Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR, I'm Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. There's ghosts haunting these woods, and they're headed straight for Roaring Camp Railroads. Is it a trick? No. It's Thomas and Percy's Halloween party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Topham hats, it's certainly going to be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th. There's ghosts haunting these woods, and they're headed straight for Roaring Camp Railroads. Is it a trick? No. It's Thomas and Percy's Halloween party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Topham hats, it's certainly going to be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.